3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to 3 a.m. Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your co-host, Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to tell you two stories, both of which take place in San Antonio, Texas, and that's why I put them together. They're kind of short, Well, the first one's a little bit longer than the second one, but we're going to talk about the ghost of the Devil's Bridge in San Antonio, Texas, and the San Antonio Railroad tracks, and how they are haunted. I put them together because obviously they both take place in the same city. And if you live there, you could probably see them both if you wanted to. So, and um, I believe I have the the address I know for the Devil's Bridges in the story. I don't know about the San Antonio Railroad tracks, but we'll see when we get there. So we're going to start out with the Devil's Bridge story. Is San Antonio the most haunted city in Texas? It sure seems like it as it is a city with many strange occurrences throughout its long-established paranormal history. A lesser-known legend, but equally, if not actually surpassing in creepiness, is the Devil's Bridge. No, not the one in Sedona, Arizona, better known as the Devil's Bridge Trail. This Devil's Bridge is straight out of the Old West, right in San Antonio. It's been said that after nightfall, the darkness that surrounds the bridge is so dense that if you shine a light, it will not penetrate more than a few feet out. So be careful if you actually decide to drive over the bridge at night. The Devil's Bridge is located near San Juan Mission in the 2400 block of Ashley Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78214. Zip code, in case anybody who's out of the country and doesn't know what that is. That is our zip codes. Five numbers. True evil is believed to lurk on this bridge at night. You may even smell sulfur, rotten eggs, which is usually a sign that something demonic is lingering around, waiting. It is also said that if you dare to step up to the foot of the bridge and throw a rock, you'll never hear it land. It's almost as if something or someone catches the rock or possibly the rock disappears altogether. People who have visited the bridge after the sun has set have successfully collected eerie EVPs, electronic voice phenomenons, just before becoming overwhelmed by the truly ominous presence that haunts the bridge. Throughout history, bridges have been represented both technical and metaphorical achievements, but sometimes these symbolic structures take on a more negative reputation. In some of the more common legends, these structures are associated with demonic stories and are labeled as a devil's bridge. Local lore usually incorrectly dates these bridges to Roman times. However, most are actually medieval, constructed 1000 to 1600 AD. One origin story of how these bridges received their name came about from the belief that the creation of these bridges were beyond the capabilities of man and only could have been built by the devil himself, much in the same way that some theorized that aliens built the pyramids. They totally did. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many devil's bridges around the world that it must be categorized as a phenomenon. While the lore behind each individual bridge may vary, they all share that one crucial common theme, that somehow the devil was involved in its creation. 
One frequent origin story depicts the creation of the bridge as a triumph over the devil. In these tales, the builder of said bridge faced extreme challenges during the construction process that were only made worse by the devil's hands. For every hurdle the builder would leap over, the devil was there to throw another in his path. By the end, the builder had survived and overcame the devil by completing his bridge. He was treated by the townspeople as a hero. This reminds me of the song Heroes by the late great David Bowie. In particular, the line, Though nothing will drive them away, we can be heroes just for one day. <laughs> I don't know why I put that in there. <laughs> Another version told about the Devil's Bridge is a classic deal with the devil scenario. The devil makes a pact with a person from a village in desperate need of a bridge. In exchange for his help, the devil will receive the soul of the first individual who crosses over the structure. In this folktale, the devil is usually outsmarted by the villager, as the villager lures an animal, usually a dog. I guess not all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> the jokes in the <laughs> Usually a dog over the bridge first, sparing the souls of all the people from the village. This is just another reason why dogs are considered to be man's best friend. Too bad man doesn't always repay the favor. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what were you doing, Jamie? I don't know. Okay, so I must have gotten this story from the ghostcitytours.com. So it, whoever wrote this article obviously was a smartass. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. The Old Stone Bridge, sometimes known as the Devil's Bridge, in Regensburg, Bavaria, Germany. One of the most famous devil bridges in the world is that of Steinern Brook Stone Bridge in Regensburg, Germany. The legend behind the stone bridge is quite the amazing tale. The story involves a race between two builders, the mentor versus his protege. The mentor was building a cathedral while his protege was building a bridge. The two of them made a bet, and the bet was to see who could finish their structure first. Eager to beat his mentor, the protege made a deal with the devil. In this pact, the devil would receive the first three souls to cross the bridge. With the devil's help, the protege won the bet. Filled with regret, the protege guarded the bridge, refusing to let anyone cross. He was later visited by his mentor, who was concerned by his behavior. The protege broke down and confessed to his mentor, mentor the deal he made with the devil. The mentor came to the young man's aid, sending a rooster, a hen, and a dog over the bridge. That, I don't like that. Why? Why, why you gotta take harmless animals? It comes down to an animal or a person, and... Okay, I like animals more than people. Yes, they didn't. Well, whatever. <laughs> the devil was so enraged that he was tricked by the cunning mentor. He attempted to destroy the bridge, but it was too strong to be ruined. However, the devil's attempt did leave a bump in the middle of the bridge that is still there to this day. That's funny because <laughs> it's, it probably came from like a truck or something. <laughs> No, it's always been there. It was there before trucks. Oh, my goodness. It was the devil. Every bridge from around the world that has received the moniker of the Devil's Bridge has a fantastical parable behind its creation. Most of these bridges were technological marvels with amazing, with an amazing shroud of mystique. The Devil's Bridge on East, A East Ashley Road in San Antonio may not be a modern marvel, but it is cloaked in mystery. 
The bridge runs over a ravine that is so deep that if you toss a rock off of it, you will never hear it drop. It is said that the bridge has not only been visited by the devil, but it is haunted by other supernatural forces as well. According to one source, back in the early 1970s, when he was a teenager, he used to explore the area around the bridge. One day, he found pieces of pottery and square nails. He then showed the items to his priest at the San Juan Church. The priest informed him that Native Americans used used to live near the river and would travel to that specific part to retrieve water. The priest then warned him to be careful because in the past, he himself had seen ghosts walking the grounds around the area where the Native Americans would camp out. One man claims the story behind the Devil's Bridge on Ashley Road goes back to the Spanish Inquisition. He says... There was a pastor, and all of his parishioners were killed in the Inquisition. He blamed himself and hung himself from a tree near the bridge. Some have reported hearing the sounds of a creaking rope in nearby trees, and the creaking actually sounds like a swinging noose. A ghost hunter named Joe went out to the bridge one night a few years ago. He allegedly recorded an EVP saying, I'm here. He also captured another recording of a different voice. Joe had asked the spirit, who are you? The voice responded, Melvin. Joe was unable to find any records of Melvin, but he believes that Melvin may have died in the area many years ago before official records were kept on file. Perhaps Melvin was the pastor who hanged himself. One grisly rumored haunting at this bridge involves a headless lady who likes to sneak up behind people at night. This account may actually stem from the headless nun who haunts San Antonio's Christus Santa Rosa Hospital. However, there was a tragic accident that did occur on the bridge. It happened around 12 a.m. of March 7th in the year 1965. A 41-year-old woman was fatally injured when the car she was riding in crashed into the Devil's Bridge on Ashley Road. She was pronounced dead on her arrival at the Baptist Memorial Hospital at 12.30 a.m. Her name was Victoria Ann Broussard. Her husband, Al R. Broussard, who went unharmed in the crash, was the one driving the car. The patrolman that arrived on the scene quoted Mr. Broussard as saying he did not see the bridge. The right front section of his car crushed head-on with the edge of the bridge's guardrail. Mrs. Broussard was buried the following Tuesday in San Fernando Cemetery No. 2. She was survived by her husband, son, and four sisters, all of San Antonio. Does Victoria's spirit haunt the Devil's Bridge? A death this tragic, one can only assume so. Regardless of whether or not her soul is still trapped on the bridge, this story serves as a reminder of the danger that the Devil Bridge holds, especially at night. On one occasion, a man and his girlfriend were driving along the dark Ashley Road when they neared the Devil's Bridge, traveling at a speed of only 35 miles an hour. Just before the bridge, there is a street lamp, and the two claim they noticed a white cloudy shape hovering above the street lamp before floating down over the shoulder of the bridge. The man described the white cloud, possibly a spirit, as appearing to be side to be a sideways cylinder shape similar to a football. The man also claimed that there was a strong stench of rotten eggs, sulfur, just putrid. We had the windows up and the AC on. I didn't think we could smell something that strong outside the car. Fearful, they immediately made a U-turn. He then added, it was about three miles before the stench wore off. This was just too bizarre. Another older gentleman who grew up on the south side of San Antonio recalls crossing over the Devil's Bridge on East Ashley Road as a youth. He believes firmly that all of the supposed haunted places in San Antonio, and there are many, none were as creepy as the Devil's Bridge. 
he tells of a little-known story. Apparently, back in the 1980s, the bridge was a major attraction for rebellious teens and even became a gathering spot for devil worshippers. He claims that underneath the bridge, you could find small you could find animal remains that were used as sacrifices for rituals. A group of friends decided to visit the Devil's Bridge one night with a Ouija board. They claim that they began to hear cats meow and could smell rotten eggs. They also believed that they they saw something in the bushes where a kind of screaming started to emanate. The Ouija board then spelled out Murder X. After that, the friends got back in the car and drove off. A couple of other daring friends went to the Devil's Bridge to test the rock legend. They each threw a rock into the water, and not once did they hear a rock make a splashing sound. The legend they grew up hearing is that the water that runs under the bridge is haunted by a girl, and that she is the one who catches the rock. Some sources claim that the little girl's name is either Matilda or Maddie. Back in 2009, a woman named Sarah went to the Devil's Bridge with two of her friends and recounted her visit. Whatever it is, it's something very serious. That's no place to be messed around with. I don't know how to describe what I saw, but whatever it was, it looked straight at me. That's a place you never want to go. That was my first and last time going to that bridge. Just about five miles south of San Antonio in La Soya, there is apparently another Devil's Bridge. This small bridge over the La Soya Creek is one that you definitely should be afraid of so do not be fooled by its size. One person was told by his mother, while visiting his great-grandmother as a child, that he should never go near the Lasoya Creek Bridge. She claimed the devil at one time lived there. Another source confirms this legend, stating the devil still shows up every so often at the bridge. Another Devil's Bridge story. This one is from the early 1960s. A group of friends had decided it would be fun to have a midnight road trip. Uncertain of where they were going, they traveled down a paved road that was lined with houses only to its left. When they passed the last of the houses, they found the road was no longer paved, but they continued down the dirt road under the moonlit sky. After a while, they could see something ahead. It was an extremely old and weathered wooden bridge. It was an especially hot night, so they had the windows rolled down, and as they crossed over the bridge, they could hear creaking noises, and what sounded like screams from the past hollering out for help. The group of friends later found out that the bridge they had crossed over that frightful night was known as a Devil's Bridge. Apparently, the old wooden bridge no longer exists, replaced by a modern structure. But that doesn't necessarily mean the devil and the souls he tortures won't still show up at night. A few years back, At night, of course, some friends went looking for another rumored Devil's Bridge. They parked the car near where they were told the bridge was located and walked around for what felt like 30 minutes. They finally had the bright idea to turn their flashlights on and spotted a rail that blocked a dirt trail. Obviously, they climbed over the rail and continued on with their journey. Then, after about 10 minutes of walking, they found the old bridge. Their friends started to feel like they were being watched when they noticed a smoke-like apparition appear before the Devil's Bridge. Freaked out by this encounter, the friends agreed that it was time to leave. Yeah, I would have had to agree with them on that, too. So, my resource for the story is ghostcitytours.com. I didn't, I forgot when I was, you know, researching it that there were so many different Devil's Bridges. But I know the main one we wanted to focus on was the San Antonio one and the history behind that. But yeah, apparently there's a lot more Devil's Bridges than we think. And I mean, it all goes back to the legend of, well, is it a Devil's Bridge or 
Is that just what people call it because they believe that the devil was there at some point? Bridges like to be haunted. For real. So now we can move on to the San Antonio railroad tracks. So this is specifically San Antonio, though. And this story is a little bit shorter. Okay. If you're ever in southwest Texas, you might consider driving a little further down just south of San Antonio, near the San Juan Mission, which... Was that not mentioned in the Devil's yes. Bridge? Okay. So they're very close to each other, apparently. You'll find the intersection of Villa Main and Shane. It is there, right on Shane Road, where the haunted railroad tracks lay. Okay, so there is an address in here, too. This intersection, stained with tales of blood, has become a notorious urban legend for San Antonio locals. The story always revolves around a tragic school bus accident in which several students were killed. The ghosts of these children have never crossed over and remain on the railroad tracks to this day. This legend has captivated people from across the country, inspiring them to make the journey to the deadly intersection to experience the paranormal activity personally. One telling of the legend takes place during the 1930s or 40s, depending on the account, and according to this variation, a bus carrying students home from school was heading toward the intersection, Villa Main and Shane. When it came to the railroad tracks, the bus stalled out. The bus driver then noticed a train barreling down on them, and the driver rushed to get the children off the bus, but there wasn't enough time, and the train crashed into the bus, killing 10 of the students and the bus driver as well. The more detailed version, which explains the legend more suitably, begins much in the same way. Decades ago, late 30s, early 40s, on an especially dark evening, a nun was driving a school bus filled with children home after a field trip. They were heading down Shane Road, but when approaching the railroad crossing, the bus abruptly stalled out on the tracks. Most of the students were sleeping, so she was quietly attempting to start the engine back up. It was then that the train emerged that a train emerged seemingly out of nowhere as its headlamp was burnt out. It offered no warning of its impending arrival. It was too late to evacuate the children as the train was moving too fast. The nun desperately and frantically turned the key, making one last attempt to restart the bus just as the train was smashed through the bus, cutting it in half. The nun was thrown through the window sh- through the windshield but miraculously survived the young children were not as fortunate they all were killed instantly a few weeks later the nun guilt-ridden and heartbroken returned to the site of the accident she was unable to continue on and thus decided to end her life she parked her car on the tracks and sat there waiting for the next train to come along later when a train came into sight Speeding down toward her in the same way as the tragic night, the nun began to hear small, familiar voices. Then her car began to move forward, as if it was being pushed from behind. The nun's car was rolled to safety just as the train roared by. In disbelief, the nun got out of her car and began looking around, expecting to find a good Samaritan. She saw not a single soul. She looked back at her car and noticed children-sized handprints on the back of her trunk. It was then she realized that the ghost of her students had saved her. The nun was then blessed with a newfound purpose in life, and she opened a school for orphans. She taught there until the day she died. Okay, but that's such a sweet story. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) At least the kids weren't angry. I know. It is said to this day, if anyone parks their car on or near the railroad tracks at Shane Road, ghostly children will push the vehicle to safety, as they are determined to make sure that no one meets the same gruesome fate that they suffered. 
This legend has grown so much over the years that tourists travel from all over the country so that they may bear witness to this phenomenon at the railroad crossing on Shane Road. Some will sprinkle baby powder on the back of their car so that they can more easily spot the handprints after the vehicle is pushed off the tracks, just as the nun's car was so many years ago. While there are many skeptics of this occurrence, one person who tested the legend was Brenda Pacheco. I put my car in neutral, took my foot off the pedals, and the car moved. It moved quickly toward the tracks, up over the bump, and down the other side, well out of harm's way. Pacheco also did the baby powder test. I was so excited I got out to check the back of my car, and there were the tiny handprints plain and clear, and so, so tiny. The prints were so perfect, you could see the lines of the palms and the swirls of the fingerprints. Brenda, I'm going to tell you right now, honey, don't test your life on railroad tracks. Like... So many people do it, though. I know, and y'all are freaking insane. That is stupid. To test a dang legend, I can understand, like, if you were not in the car like if you put parked your car there and got out of the car and then it moved but don't ever sit on railroad tracks please don't ever just sit in your car on railroad tracks or sit on railroad tracks in general please don't do that that goes out to all you people who won't stop at that line before the railroad tracks and you stop at the stoplight on the tracks yeah stop doing that that's unacceptable i don't even do that to train tracks that don't work anymore yeah like just you just don't sit on train tracks don't do not ever sit on train tracks do not put yourself in a dangerous situation like that i don't care if you're testing a legend i don't care you just don't please don't do that and i am very adamant about this because i do not want somebody to do that and then make us feel like we're responsible for it because that will not happen trust me if you do something like that that is out of your own stupidity because we just had a two-minute conversation on how to not do that so (laughs) okay (laughs) continuing another person's encounter at the railroad tracks i know many dispute the legend of the railroad track ghosts however i was witness to one very indisputable event there in my late teens early 20s She goes on to recall her experience at the railroad tracks. I once went over in my convertible with a new parakeet in the car. The bird had been chirping happily until we staged the vehicle for the tracks, when suddenly his chirping was completely silenced. It wasn't until we left the area that he began to chirp again. Curious by her bird's reaction, she decided to try the baby powder legend out for herself. I used the baby powder on my car. I had multiple small handprints, but these handprints did not belong to me. I had no children anywhere around my car previously and was extremely meticulous about the appearance of my car. She then points out, when one washes their car with dish soap, oils from hands are removed, so no prints will remain. Many locals have made claims that they say you can hear the rumbling sound of a train nearing, the steam whistle howling, and the screeching wheels as if the train is grinding to a halt, but nothing ever appears. Nothing is there at all, except for the haunting chill of the night. A popular story locals will tell you occurred not long after the horrific crash. It involves a woman who was driving down Shane Road late one night. As she approached the railroad crossing, she saw a little girl standing all alone on the side of the road. She immediately stopped, pulled over, and offered the little girl a ride home. Once they arrived at the girl's house, the child was hesitant to leave 
the vehicle and head inside. The woman assumed that the girl must have ran away from home after a fight with her parents. So she told the girl that she would speak to her mother. When the woman got out of the car, she looked back to give the girl a reassuring smile, but she had vanished. The woman quickly reopened the car door, but no one was there. However, the seatbelt was still fastened. Another eerie account, which happened more recently, took place one weekend when a girl and a couple of friends made the trip to San Antonio to see the haunted railroad tracks. The girl took numerous pictures and emailed them to her mother. The mother was shocked to discover that in one of the photos there appeared to be a ghost, a ghost of a little girl holding on to her teddy bear. It was probably one of the girls from the nun from the school. That's so sad. Also, always listen to animals, please. They might not be able to speak, but they will tell you when something's wrong. That is why I will never not have a cat because a cat will always tell you when something is wrong or just not right in a house. That's my say-so on that. (laughs) The truth has been debated in San Antonio with both residents and law enforcement officials weary of the legend. There have been countless reports of cars appearing to move on their own, with mysterious childlike prints showing up on vehicles afterwards. Some have also allegedly heard the voices and laughter of children while at the railroad tracks. However, despite these stories, there are no records of any accidents ever occurring on the railroad tracks in San Antonio. Some believe the legend was inspired by another fatal accident that happened on December 1st of the year 1938, far away in Salt Lake City, Utah. The city was dealing with blizzard conditions, and a school bus carrying over 20 students, aged 12 to 18, was attempting to bring the kids home safe when the bus stalled out on the railroad tracks, just as a 50-car freight train came hurling their way. The aftermath was grisly, with every soul on the bus left dead. Is it possible that the news coverage of the Salt Lake City's crash became blurred over time with San Antonio folklore, with later generations adopting the story as their own? If that is the case, why aren't there other similar stories throughout America? And why are there so many first-hand accounts at the railroad tracks in San Antonio? Maybe you should make the trip out to San Antonio. Travel down Shane Road toward the railroad crossing and experience the phenomenon for yourself. But don't d- don't stop on the tracks. Like, yeah, don't, don't stop on the tracks. Just look at it or something. <laughs> if you do, keep in mind that many visitors bring gifts for the ghostly children, such as crucifixes, rosary beads, flowers, and toys. Some even write messages on the railroad tracks, wishing the children peace. Hopefully one day the ghost children of the track will find their peace and finally cross over. We can only hope that that actually happens. That's so sad. I forgot how sad that story was. When did they invent the signs that go over railroad crossings? I don't know. What do you mean? Like the... The little bar that comes down when trains are coming? I can probably look it up. Let's see. Railroad track uh, bars? Oh, barricade maybe? Barricade invented. Let's see. Albert Hunt, a mechanical engineer at Southern California's Pacific Electric Interurban Streetcar Railroad, invented it in 1909 for safer railroad level crossings. So, okay. So, I'm nitpicking the story. Yeah. They could have just not had one because it was like the 30s or 40s and people really didn't, you know. Yeah, 1909. I mean, maybe. Yeah, it probably wasn't a big thing. I mean, still, like, 
because now we have you know we have the signs we have like one we have yellow signs that say like railroad crossing ahead right yeah and then we have you know the stop signs and you have the big thick white line that tells you to stop here and there's a big sign crossing that says stop here when lights are flashing and if you don't listen to that then you really should probably take your driver's ed test again because i can't i i can't be a teacher for you if you don't stop there (laughs) that's on your own doing and if you don't slow down when you come to a railroad track anyways then you just you probably need always look both ways there's a reason there's a reason school buses have to stop and open the doors to check at railroads and they open the doors if i'm not mistaken they open the doors to hear to listen yeah because of all the kids yeah because you can hear it coming yeah so uh yeah just if you take any advice from the story and from us at all we might not be the best drivers on the earth but please god stop don't don't stop at railroad crossings stop at railroad crossings either when the lights are flashing stop to check both ways just don't try to don't try to beat the bar god do not i've seen people do that before and it's i'm it's one of those god you're such a stupid freaking idiot that i just whisper in my car because you just don't do that and you have plenty of warning when those lights start flashing like you you sit there for a good you know like 30 seconds or more if not more yeah Yeah. like it's been a long time since i've been stuck behind a train and don't get me wrong i love trains i love trains i think they're so cool i freak out like a little child oh my god a train every time i see one but i'm not gonna sit or stand or be in my car on a railroad track to wait for one to show up just to figure out if my car is going to get pushed across by a bunch of kids okay please don't do that for your own safety for everybody else's safety feel free to leave a gift just you can leave a gift don't don't leave it on the tracks and don't put your car on the tracks don't stand on the tracks and yeah please don't leave it on the tracks because if those tracks are still in use you could seriously like derail the trail uh, the train and it could end or like on final destination when they put like the what is it the penny or something on the train and it shoots out and hits them in the head (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes oh my god what did it do i think it it, did it slice his forehead or something yeah something like that oh my god yeah we could have a whole rant on final destination movies. i watched them i watched one of the movies way too young (laughs) i think we all watched those movies way too young yeah (laughs) and coming from somebody who lives or lived my my mom lives near a um a lumber company so i drive i drive behind those trucks all the time and it's like it's so funny because it's like okay you can tell who's seen final destination because they're you know they're back away from the truck and you can tell who hasn't seen or does not care i was behind one one time and the logs were just bouncing i was mm-hmm. like I, and i don't know if it's maybe it's just me okay maybe it's just me but when i see that i'm like constantly thinking in my head like okay i could go off here I could, you know, I could drive off this way and I won't get hurt. There's no trees over here, so I could drive off and then I could, you know, maybe veer in case it happens. I go through so many scenarios in my head of like, I can do this and survive. If I drive off the road this way, I'll survive. I mean, (laughs) I stay a good distance from any vehicle. Right. With stuff on the back. 
because yeah. especially like pickup trucks i oh don't i don't trust you to tie that shit down no because like i saw stuff flying out of a truck like yesterday yeah i see like, it all the time on the interstate it's ridiculous yeah. like put your trash inside your vehicle or take it out when you get home whatever don't leave it in the back of your truck because don't throw it on the side of the road and <laughs> yeah and please 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 i am asking very nicely please secure all of your belongings because the other day driving Before it starts driving on 40 two lanes of 40 um there was a huge wooden pallet that was in the middle i'm talking like full-size wooden pallet in the middle of both lanes I was so scared. I was like, thank God I'm such an agile driver because there was a big truck in front of me. I didn't see it. I swerved. I'm like, oh my God, I could have died. Like, <laughs> And that's it for life lessons from Charlie and Jamie. Yes. <laughs> Just remember kids. No, don't sit on railroad tracks. Don't yeah. sit on railroad tracks. So yeah, be okay. careful. <laughs> we'll see you next time. That's it for today. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and listening to our show. Don't forget, you can find us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All the links can be found on our website, 3, the number 3, not the word, 3amtalesofterror.com. You can also subscribe with your email for updates there as well. If you have any questions for us or story ideas, you can email us at info at 3amtalesofterror.com. We hope you'll join us next week. And And we hope hope you were terrified. terrified.